Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the title of today's show is The Season of Forbearance and Worry. Now, some may say, well, forbearance is just another fancy word for patience. Haven't you already talked about that? Well, yes and no. And while it's true that forbearance is more of a fancy word for patient endurance, I'd like to put it into context that when I spoke of the patience test previously, I was referring to tests we may encounter from time to time, to show us where we need improvement or when the Lord is showing us something. Some of us may even know forbearance as a term used by financial institutions, sometimes to give an individual more time to pay, like on a debt or a loan, rather than calling it due immediately. And that's one of the meanings of it, but as it relates to what I will be talking about today, let's define forbearance as it pertains to the season we're in. According to Dictionary.com, the official term forbearance means tolerance and restraint in the face of provocation. In terms of how we're going to be using it today, it essentially means enduring patiently in this current season when we see many abominations and provocations coming from the spirit of the Antichrist and the lawlessness therein, and while this has been going on for years quietly behind the scenes, we're now going to begin seeing it out in the open as we have never seen before. And, you know, we already are. You know, whether we recognize it, there is a revealing taking place. And that, my fellow brothers and sisters, is part of the revelation of Jesus, where not only the Lord told us what would be taking place, but his servant John also did, where it pertains to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. For those of you who've been listening for a while, you might recall that in the summer I was talking about many of the things coming, such as shortages, changes of laws, etc., etc., and so on. Um, those podcasts aptly were called Do You See and Do You See Part 2. At that time, I told you the name of the game was going to be about chaos, control, and manipulation. You know, essentially those who believe they are in control, starting trouble, and attempting to rile people up in response. I also told you that the Lord told me that the white horse was riding. The Lord revealed that they, you know, they being the evil ones, would begin coming for his people or making life very, very difficult. Previous to that, I recorded a podcast with Glenda Lomax about keeping on the wedding garments. Not to be caught unaware, or be as the parable of the foolish bridesmaids where they had no oil in their lamps. You know, they were, in other words, caught unaware. And so while everyone was heading to the wedding feast, they were asking for oil to put in their spiritual lamps. And by the time they showed up to the ceremony of the bridegroom, they were left out. You know, the door was shut and they were not allowed in. And I'm paraphrasing the parable to sum it up in the interest of time, but further study of the parable of the bridesmaids and the wedding feast is found in the book of Matthew 25 between verses 1 through 13. I'm not going to go into that uh, parable right now. Um, I just summed it up for you, but this is why I speak on the importance of testing. And this is further why I recently spoke of mercy, because we need to remember to keep on the shoes of endurance. You know, Ephesians 6 verses 13 through 17 it's tantamount in what it tells us because it's talking about the armor of God. And in this season we're going into, we're going to need to make sure that we're keeping that armor ready to go and shined up. You know, Ephesians 6, starting on verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. 
For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, Ephesians 6 is going to ring so important in this season. We need to be doing everything we can to resist the enemy in this time of evil. Now, I don't want to get too far off topic here. I'm going to present some examples of situations we may encounter. You know, I respect my listeners, and no doubt many of you are likely aware of some of the revealing of lawlessness as they present. You know, in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1 through 12, Paul describes what we will see in the last days. You know, starting on verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly for us. You know, that means who say, it's imminent, it's imminent. Keep in mind, folks, there are many things that still need to play out. Jesus told us in Matthew 24 of those scenarios that still have to play out. So it's not yet. We simply know the season is near and that we're in the season. We're entering into the tribulations now. Going on in verse 3, don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed the one who brings destruction. And, you know, we're teetering right now, folks, on the brink of that. You know, going on in verse 4, he will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the work of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And, you know, that spirit is very much alive right now all over the world. I mean, you're seeing that lawlessness, you're seeing the lying, you know, and it hasn't even gotten... It hasn't even reached a crescendo yet, guys. We're in the infancy of it right now. And, you know, verse 10 goes on and says, And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. You know, that's falling for the falsehoods and the lies of the media and making unwise decisions. And then chastising those who are living in the light, those, who are, uh, those of us who are living in the truth. You know, going on in verse 11, still in Second Thessalonians 2. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned, who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And this is key in where I'm going in this podcast, because there's going to be many who do not understand the times, and they're going to go along with the things that we're seeing. They're going to go along with the things that Jesus warned about. You know, these things we see beginning will lead to much in the way of mourning and the temptation to react, particularly in ways that are not Christ-like. And we need to watch that. And I believe this is why the Lord has put it on my heart to talk about these things today. He, that's why he wants me to talk to you guys about forbearance. Um, once again, I'm going to lay out some examples here, not to scare you, but to demonstrate the types of things we may be seeing soon. 
Some of these are already underway. And because of the indignation they're going to cause us to feel, it is all the more reason I lay it out so you will remember when they begin to happen and how it relates to our endurance and focus on Jesus during the storm. You know, these incidents, folks, these events, they're going to be attacks on our faith on all fronts. And we need to remain vigilant in the times we're entering. It's not time to be playing around, not time to be being selfish and be like, well, I don't do this and I don't agree with other Christians. There needs to... Christians need to be sticking together in this time, folks. That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, I've I've tried to touch on this many times before, but I still see a lot of separations. Well, I don't hang around with that person because they said this, or I don't do that because this person sins, or they talk this way, and I can't relate to that. Well, I'm glad that you think that you're better than everybody, but the truth is we're going to either stick together or we're going to hang separate. And we certainly don't want to be separate because we're going to need each other. You know, we're going to need to encourage each other in this time. It's going to be scary, folks. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, I, I, I don't have any feelings because I have the love of Christ in my heart. You can have the love of Christ in your heart, but don't think that you're better than everybody and don't think that you're stronger than anybody else. Because what about the other person who needs work in their faith? What about the encouragement that person needs? You know, what feels like our way of living is being taken away. We're being greatly inconvenienced. You know, this, these things, you know, this includes engineered shortages. You know, this is when you can do certain things still, but the wait times are greatly increased. This has already been coming into play. I mean, I'm sure many of you have noticed it. You you might call somebody for service, or you might make an appointment to go do something, or you need something delivered. And it takes what used to take literally, you know, maybe an hour or so, can sometimes take a whole day. Sometimes it can take multiple days. Sometimes it can take a week. I've had instances I've gone through that. I'm like, man, I'm like, this is taking forever. You know, be content with things as they are, because I always said they could be much worse. And I'm going to continue on with these examples. I mean, there's bills being introduced and laws being passed that without compliance to the new narrative, access to goods and services will be restricted. You know, I just read today that Dianne Feinstein is introducing a bill to restrict air travel within the United States. You know, don't believe it. You know, if you think I'm making it up, look it up. It's titled the U.S. Air Travel Public Safety Act. Note this bill and the passports while the border is open. But, you know, that's completely normal. You know, nothing to see there. Nothing to worry about. Rules for thee, not for me. You have already seen this taking place in other countries such as Australia. And they just passed it in Canada as I was pulling scripture for this podcast. The rate that these things are happening is happening so fast, so rapidly. It goes to show us in a matter of just mere weeks or months how quickly things can change. Um, you know, I talked about in Do You See Part 2 restrictions on things or shortages. You know, that's going to play into restrictions and shortages on necessities, such as banking, food, healthcare. I mean, this poor woman in Colorado, I read the story. This woman in Colorado, she's being denied a kidney transplant because she refused to take a jab. There's going to be people dying due to medical ailments because they're not going to get treatment or they're not going to have the staff to treat them because they're laying off everyone who's competent because they know better than to take this thing. You know, I could see them even restricting Medicare benefits to the elderly or any of the above 
for the same reasons. You know, in furtherance of healthcare, get ready for the staff shortages when there aren't enough workers to treat the sick. Which, then they're going to turn around and blame the unvaccinated, which we know the exact opposite is what's going on. And it's a result of terminating hospital staff over mandates. I've seen people making ugly comments. Well, I don't want my family getting treated by somebody who's unvaccinated. And then I saw another person chime in and say, yeah, you're going to regret that when you're in the emergency room and there's 30 people ahead of you and not enough nurses to treat them. People need to really consider the power of what they say. And many, I'm sorry to say, need to keep their mouth shut if they have nothing good to say. You know, it's not too hard to see what all of this is going to result in. And we're going into this season now. You know, let's go on. You know, restrictions on communications. You know, this whole thing the other day in regards to Facebook being down worldwide, while made to look like it was just an outage, it was actually a distraction. And it wasn't just a distraction, but a taste of what's to come. You'll notice that just before the Facebook outage occurred, you had this fabricated whistleblower crying out about what everybody already knows on CBS 60 Minutes. Let me just tell you something. Back in June, Project Veritas covered this, and there was undercover video of somebody at Facebook saying, oh, well, there needs to be oversight, and there needs to be, we need the government to be involved because, you know, people don't have free speech, and, the, the, you know, they're restricting information on this. That's exactly what they want people to believe. They want to trick everybody into accepting this. But, you know, after the CBS 60 Minutes interview, in less than 24 hours, all the services run by Facebook just went down. And this, like I just got done saying, there were whistleblowers calling for this month ago. It's nothing new, really. Now the government is saying there needs to be oversight due to content restriction and network reliability. Hmm, how convenient. Folks, it's just another ploy in disguise to control communications, which really, they've already been doing. I mean, really, at the end of the day, if you've been paying attention, the whole thing's laughable. I mean, who do you think big tech works for? The globalist Klaus Schwab said months ago the web needed to be vaccinated. And not long after that, they held Cyber Polygon, which just happened to be about internet regulation and security. Klaus Schwab also said that everyone needs to be chipped. But then I'm sure that it's a coincidence, just like Event 201 was for the pandemic in late 2019. You know, that outage, it affected more than just Facebook. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, with a little bit of searching, anybody can find any of this out. It's all about control via oversight to implement the social credit score, which will quickly be about rations, and then who you're allowed to talk to, if at all. And if they don't like what you have to say, they'll shut you off. And they want this all on a chip. That's where this is all going. It's all part of the beast system. And I give thanks to the Lord for providing me the wisdom to understand that. But at the same time, I don't like reporting it. But unfortunately, that's what I see them doing. You know, moving on, something else you're going to see in this time, religious exemptions being rejected. Folks, if they get away with that, that paves the way for saying, well, we just need to do away with the Bible and we need to do away with church and everything else. And, well, we're going to make laws about Christians because they're radicals. You know, I've seen some companies, the pharmaceutical companies, already doing this. They're, they're not letting people file religious exemptions. Think about what that means. You know, another thing. Parents ruled to be unfit due to not being able to provide for their children, according to the state. You know... The statists, they're 
going to try to take away children from their parents. That's They're trying to do that now. The Attorney General is trying to label the parents of children terrorists for not allowing their child to take part in gender studies or race studies. <sighs> you know, these, these people are a real piece of work. All I'm going to say about this is, woe to them taking part in this. You know, Jesus said per Matthew 18, 6, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Further, woe to them who call evil good and good evil, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, it's disgusting what they're doing to these children, you know, confusing them about their sexuality, you know, drag queen story hour, teaching them how to cross-dress, showing them all these virtues that none of this is good and pure. I mean, it makes me glad that to know, you know, it makes me happy that I know people who grew up in the 70s and 80s and things were at least halfway normal back in those days. They were still halfway normal in the 90s. It's just gone. Everything's just been completely undone and they're calling it good and necessary. And it's not. You know, and they're baiting the parents. They're pushing the parents to react through this. They're baiting them to react. You know, Matthew 18, verse 7. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin? Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? Do the people doing this to children not think the parents won't react and just take it lying down? You know, that's what they're betting on. They want that to happen because then they can turn around and say, aha, they're extremists. You know, the whole thing, it's upsetting, guys. But then all of these points are. I don't even like covering them. Let me just tell you something. As I'm recording this, I, I have to tell you, and I told the Lord, I said, I don't even want to talk about these things, but I have to, to give people examples of just how this is going. Because that way, when you see them happening, you won't be surprised. Many of you were probably surprised that some of the things that I told you would start happening back when I covered it first in May, June, and July. And here we are. Um, another thing, persecutions. You know, they're going to be on the rise. Not just in Christian circles, but also due to those who are in lack. As will the heartbreak and the acts of betrayal by those many thought to be friends or loved ones. We've already been seeing the division over every single issue imaginable. You know, in another part of that persecution, they'll make increased excuses to outlaw the church and worship and what they do allow. And, and you know, th th this is already going on. What they do allow will not allow prophecy to be spoken. And as it is, there's a lot of churches out there who are not speaking up about the times and they're going along with it. They're just not speaking out at all. They're in a way they're condoning it. You know, this started happening last year. Big box churches were allowed to operate. Coincidentally, the ones who never talk about where things are, the ones who go along with it, you know, the ones saying, God would want us to take the vaccine. Jesus would take the vaccine. Oh, I don't see this as a, as a mark of the beast thing with the passports. Oh, it's not the mark of the beast. No, it's not, Pastor. But it's a conditioning so that when they launch it, it'll be easier for them because they'll have compliance. And it's worked so far very well. You know, when they tell you, when a business is told that it can't operate because they don't have a passport, I got to tell you something that relates very closely to what we were told in Revelation 13, that no man may sell. Not just buy, but sell. 
And, you know, it is because these things I mentioned are not talked about that will be part of what causes the great falling away. When many lives are turned upside down and or it's going to cause people to fall away because they're going to be conditioned into worshiping the beast system. You know, there's a great omission taking place. But many of you know that I already spoke of this in the podcast I did previously when I talked about misleading pastors. And I, this is why that was so dangerous. You'll know further, you know, when I quoted 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 10 through 12, where it said they did not receive the love of the truth. You know, I will only state an observation that there are many out there still in denial thinking that somehow things are going to get better. They're not. You know, I've been beating this like a dead horse. I've been beating it like a drum. Frankly, that's why I haven't talked about it the last few times in my podcast, because I don't know how much there is left to say. I can tell you where things are. It's up to you what you do. I know I'm not speaking to most of my listeners, but if somebody out there thinks that I'm wrong, look around you. You know, there may be reprieves here and there, but overall, Scripture is going to be fulfilled. The things that Jesus warned us about, the things that the prophets warned us about, those things are now starting to happen. And that's not including God's judgments that are coming for those who are in sin. You know, it's only my prayer that the lost wake up and come to know the truth. So they are not deceived by churches, which are omitting where we are. They're telling half-truths. And this is why I've said before, know them by their fruits, folks. Know them by the fruit they bear. Know them by what they talk about. You know, I could go on and on with the possibilities, but I name these as examples because we can already see these things lining up. It's an evil agenda, guys, and in what will be occurring serves one purpose, and that purpose is to wear us down. It's to break our will, cause us to act in anger, stir up anxiety, cause depression, and worry us. You know, further due to the induced stress coming from these, we need to be cautious not to fall into sin or feel that the Lord has abandoned us. You know, the breaking of our will, it almost reminds me of that cartoon, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. You know, they sometimes play it on TV around the holidays. He slithered into a town like a snake and began taking all the Who's belongings because he thought it would take away their celebration. And you know, a lot of the same way, that's what the goal of the elitists are. It's to take away our joy, have us suffer or cause suffering. And the question is, are we going to let them? Ask yourself, are you going to let that occur or are you going to stand strong in your faith? You know, I compare it to that cartoon because in the end, the celebrations, they still went on. You know, the Who's, they banded together and the joy was still present. The Grinch didn't break their will or their spirit. And when he saw that, suddenly his heart was changed. And he went and celebrated with them. Going to be a lot of people out there who um, aren't believers or they're lost. And they're going to at first have the wrong attitude. And it's going to be up to us as Christians to convince them or to teach them the right ways. You know, when we lose belongings, when we lose loved ones, are we going to stop worshiping our Lord and Savior? We need to endure, guys. Consider the words of Paul in Philippians 4, verses 12 through 13. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The season we have now been in has been a time to set our hearts to understand that normal is not returning and to be thankful 
for what we have. And one of the things we do have is each other. And this is also one of the reasons I have spoken before on being relatable to other Christians suffering in this time. I know that's what I was getting at earlier when I talked about a little bit of the indifference. You know, and let us also remember that when these things happen, or when we're feeling lack in certain areas, that the Lord will not leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13.5, let your conduct be without covetousness. That means don't be found wanting or jealous of others. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's why I gave you the story of the Grinch, because even though everything was taken from them, they were still joyful in spirit. You know, they didn't, they didn't start hating each other and going around and stealing. You know, there was nothing left, but they weren't going around just doing whatever they wanted. Psalm 23.1.4 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, guys, there have been times in doing study on much of what I have placed into this podcast where what I'm seeing is getting more and more outrageous by the day. In fact, if I continued, you know, I gave those examples earlier. If I had continued, I would never be done with this podcast, you know, but the Lord continues to reassure me in spirit that. He will avenge those doing these things to us. I've heard him, you know, it, it's in his word, but I've heard him say to me in my spirit when I've seen what they're doing and I've gotten upset, he says, do not worry about that because I'm going to recompense what they're doing to my people. And, you know, it's true. We just need to make sure that we exercise self-control because if we don't, then we're going to risk falling for the traps of the enemy. And that's exactly what they're counting on. That is part of the forbearance. And, you know, in response to anger and injustice, also make sure to keep written on your heart the Lord's promises of recompense to the evildoers as well as his faithful promises to us when we remain faithful to Jesus. Romans twelve nineteen, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Deuteronomy thirty two thirty five, Vengeance is mine and recompense. Their foot shall slip in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things to come hasten upon them. Deuteronomy 32.43 Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants, and render vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide atonement for his land and his people. Regardless of what you see, keep your eyes on the Lord, folks. Nahum 1, verse 2. The Lord is a jealous God, filled with vengeance and rage. He takes revenge on all those who oppose him and continues to rage against his enemies. Nahum 1, verse 6. Who can stand before his fierce anger? Who can survive his burning fury? His rage blazes forth like fire, and the mountains crumble to dust in his presence. Isaiah 61, verses 2 and 3. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. 
Isaiah 61, verse 8. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. You know, the Lord's promises stand true as much today, the same as they ever have. And further, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we're going to see the Lord move in ways that we have not yet seen in this season. You know, this is all the more reason our focus on him in the storm is so important, because if we're focusing on the things around us, it's only going to serve one purpose, and that's to keep us down. And if we're down, then we're not going to be doing his works, and we need to be doing his works while it's still light. You know, we're going to feel sad. We're going to mourn much of what we see at times, but herein lies the key to letting go of things of the earth. Because if we're sad about loss when we have eternal life, what does that say about where our hearts are? You know, further, what will unnecessary anxiety and worry do to our hearts? I mean, if you worry enough, it can do physical harm to you. And if you mourn enough, you know, it can harm your heart. There's people out there who die of broken heart syndrome. You know, let's remember what Jesus told us about worrying. Matthew 6, 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? We don't need to be overly concerned about what awaits for the wicked. A lot of folks, you know, they like to get wrapped up in that. But that's not really important. Our trust is in God's word. Jesus already overcame the world. You know, if anything, my prayer is many will repent. And from what I'm seeing, there are many who are now coming forward because they've had conviction in their hearts that what they're going along with is evil. You know, there are still people out there with a conscience, guys. Not all hope is lost. You know, and as for what happens to those who don't repent of their evil deeds, we know the Lord will pay them back for what they have done in their due time. You know, I just quoted you Deuteronomy 32, 35. You know, what comes for them is much, much worse. I mean, you can read about the torment the wicked will go through starting in Revelation 8. And, you know, that's when the seven angels begin blowing the trumpets. And that comes, according to scripture, if you're reading it in order, that comes after the Lord's people are martyred for keeping their testimony of Jesus. That's not even including what we read in Revelation 14 in regards to what will happen to those who submit to the beast and take the mark. And that's why you got to be aware of their little games they try to play with communications and social media and social credit and all that, because all of that's conditioning. This passport deal, that's all, this is all, all of it. All of it is tied together, folks. And the point is, our focus should only be on the Lord. And with the forbearance, to maintain our faith through the provocations and endure to the very end. As Jesus told us, only to fear God. Matthew 10, verse 28 through 31. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You know, and Matthew 10 read right there, those verses 28 through 31. I wanted to share with you guys a message the Lord gave me a few nights ago while I was in prayer. You know, he said, my son, do not fret about these things coming upon the earth. Continue to advise my people to remain faithful to me. I will guide you through all of these trials you are experiencing. You must remain in me. You know, he's saying, don't take your focus off me. In him is the grace and the peace to endure. It's also why I have been talking about the works by faith. 
and their importance, as is the mercy toward others. Because, you know, when you do the works by faith, you're not focusing on everything else. You're doing what's good. You're doing what's righteous. You're serving other people. You're helping others. You're doing what is spiritually pleasing. This is why Tom and myself covered this in our Mercy podcast. And I'm going to be doing more on that because it's so important to know how we can do things to bide our time while we're waiting for our Lord to return. You know, we don't want to be getting caught up in all this negativity because, folks, it's going to get worse by the day. I mean, it already is. You can't even keep up with it. Like I said earlier, if I, if I attempted to cover every single thing, I'd never be done. And that's why a lot of it, like I said, I'm, I'm focusing on what I want to show you guys what our solutions are. And, you know, I quoted 2 Thessalonians 2 earlier as it pertained to lawlessness. And not only that we risk becoming bitter and being in unforgiveness, we need to remember in forbearance the words of Paul. 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 13. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. You know, further, guys, we have the blessings and promises from the Lord, as presented in Matthew 5, verses 3 through 11. I've quoted these verses before, but I'd like to quote them again as a reminder, because they are applicable here. Starting on verse 3, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Remember what me and Tom covered in the Mercy Podcast, guys. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You know, that goes into what I said earlier, how they're trying to break our spirit. And how, you know, when I compared it to the Grinch story, how, you know, he tried to do the same with their Christmas, but he didn't disrupt their spirit. They, it didn't do any good to take their things away. They, they still, you know, were joyful in spirit. Same with us, you know. I do that as a comparison to put it into perspective. You know, when we find ourselves becoming bitter or upset due to the things that we're seeing, we need to do a heart check, not only of ourselves, but how we look to the Lord. You know, one of my favorite Psalms is chapter 73, because I relate to it so well and how I have felt at times. And I'd like to read it to you guys. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. 
These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? You know, just to interject here, you'd think that that's what they're doing right now. You know, they're essentially mocking God. And it's a, that's why many are being offended, because, you know, it's outrageous what we see unfolding. But remember, it's endurance till the end. But, you know, going on in verse 12, still in Psalm 73, look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. Amen to that. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter, and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail, and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the Sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Brothers and sisters, I'd like to pray. Loving Lord, you are our hope and our strength in time of trouble. You are our ever-present help in this difficult world. And Lord, I know that you hold the future in the palm of your hands, and I trust you. Lord, I give thanks that you are always there to provide for my needs and to protect me from the storms of life. I pray that no matter what the future holds, that you will remain there beside me. I know, Lord, that no matter how difficult things become in this world, that you have promised never to leave me nor forsake me. But I also know that in this world, we will have tribulation and trials. And I pray that you will be with me throughout all that I face in the future. Lord, you are my hope and you are my strength. You have promised that no matter how difficult life becomes, your grace is sufficient for all my needs. Help me to rely on you, no matter what problems and difficulties arise, for my hope is in you, Lord. In Jesus' merciful name I pray. Amen. Lord Father in heaven, I believe that you are the one who gives strength to your people and blesses them with both peace and grace. And I thank you for the many times that I have received from you the strength to continue and the peace of mind to retain my trust in you, even when things of life seem to be in utter turmoil. Lord, continue to provide me with your perfect peace of mind that passes man's understanding. And provide me, I pray, with the strength to face the difficulties in life that can so often cause our hearts to fail for fear of what is coming on the earth. In the power of your Spirit, Lord, 
Give me the strength to stand firm in the evil day, knowing that your grace is sufficient for all eventualities, for your strength is made perfect in my weakness and in my dependence upon you. Lord, the world is certainly causing the hearts of many people to tremble. But I pray that my faith in you will stand firm to the end, that my peace in you will never be shaken, and that you will give me sufficient strength to deal with every eventuality that comes into my life. Though the mountains may be shaken, and though the hills may be removed, yet I pray that my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, and your promise of peace will not be removed. Thank you that my strength and my peace is in you alone, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit, who testifies with our spirit that we are your children. Thank you for his ongoing work within each one of our lives, and thank you that he has quickened us from the dead, established us in Christ, sealed us in him, placed us in his body, and is skillfully building us up as living stones into a holy temple in the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you that your Spirit teaches us all things, guides us into all truth, is able to purify our hearts, and cleanses our minds when we hand every thought captive to you in willing surrender. Lord, I thank you that no matter what difficulties and dangers flood our hearts and invade our lives, there is nothing that can separate us from your love and grace. Give us, I pray, that sufficient strength that you have promised to all of your children who are facing problems and danger. And let us never forget that greater is he that is indwelling each of your children than the enemy that is in the world. Endue us with spiritual strength and fortitude as we face the future, strong in the knowledge that we have a heavenly home secured for us in heaven. In Jesus' righteous name I pray. Amen. Dear Lord, at times I feel so weary and tired as I seek to carry out the duties and tasks of each day. Help me, Lord, to step aside from the business of the day and to spend time simply waiting upon you. For you have promised that those that wait on you will renew their strength, they will mount up with wings as eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they shall walk and not faint. Lord, too often I try to do things in my own strength, and only when I grow weary does it occur to me to take steps to consciously abide in you and to cast all my cares upon you. Lord, show me what it truly means to wait on you, to abide in you, moment by moment. Help me, Lord, to cast all my burdens on you, and to learn to wait on you in every situation. Thank you for hearing my prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, and give thanks. Amen. Heavenly Father, how I thank you that Jesus is my Good Shepherd, and is there to comfort and strengthen in times of suffering, sadness, pain, and loss. Lord, thank you that your rod and staff sustain and keep me no matter what season of life I am passing through, and no matter how difficult the times become. I praise you, Lord, for you are my strong tower, and to whose everlasting arm I flee for protection and safety. For you have pledged to uphold me with the right hand of your righteousness. Lord, I give thanks that in the midst of suffering and distress, you have undertaken never to leave me nor forsake me, and when I face times of loneliness and isolation, your promised grace is sufficient to carry me through. Lord, I know that as your child, I am indeed blessed to be able to rest in you as my daily companion, my faithful comforter, and my wise counselor. Thank you for bringing me to this point in my life, and for so patiently teaching me the lesson of your never-failing faithfulness. Lord, use me to give like comfort 
companionship, and counsel to other lonely and lost little lambs, who also need the strength of their good and faithful shepherd. And continue, I pray, to uphold and teach me more of your comfort and strength, grace and love. In Jesus' loving name I pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it is my prayer that this podcast has been a blessing to you, and that you realize when you feel provoked to react in anger, know that this is a provocation from the enemy to attack your faith. Don't let him win, guys. Keep looking to Jesus, because he will be with us in all we're going through. Stand strong in your faith, and keep looking up. That's all I have for you guys. Jesus bless you. Have a great week.